All right, and we're back with another episode of the Nerd Sandwich Podcast. Today we have a special guest here, one that was with us uh, probably in our in our uh, in our young days of Nerd Sandwich. In our, yeah, our twenties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But that, that's what's scary now is that like last like when we started this, we were in our twenties, and now we're like teetering into our thirties. Kind of scary. I know. Yep. Um, but yeah, we've got Brandon back with us. Brandon, welcome, welcome. Yep. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brandon's been a, uh, you know, he's been a longtime friend of ours, and uh, he's he's one guy who kind of constantly lurks in the shadows. But uh, when he when he comes out of the shadows, it's fun to have him around the the nerd sandwich table to share the the fun pop culture reference and gossip that we've got today. So today we're going to be talking about Mandalorian. By now, I'm sure we can dive deep into spoilers because if you haven't seen Mandalorian by now, I think you go see it. Yeah, go see it. Right, you're doing yourself a, a disservice. So. Go check it out. It's like that two week rule. Yeah, yeah. More like it's been like two months now. It's like unacceptable. Yeah. To, but yeah. So let's uh, let's talk to Mandalorian and let's cue that intro and let's do this. Nerd sandwich comics movies nerd sandwiches. Woo 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 woo. All right. So here we are, you guys. Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Uh, first and foremost, yeah. I mean, I assume you guys watched it. Yep. No, I, I never heard of it. No, no I, I loved, I loved it. Uh, that was the way. Yeah, that was the way it was. It was pretty awesome. Um, I, and so like this season compared to first season, I mean, what were your, John, what were your thoughts? I really, you know, I was, I was all about the, um, you know, just in general. I mean, I, I wanted to see more, uh, child and Mandalorian, you know, going back and forth like little just little adventures that's what i appreciate so episodic mm-hmm. um even from that first episode fantastic what would you guys think of that first part like i mean i just thought like the whole sandworm is that what those are called a crate oh crate yeah it's so dragon yeah yeah, yeah. Crate that thing fantastic i was like that that's like a final boss in some shows <laughs> all right yeah yeah you should, i like that each episode is well. It can stand alone, like some series. You have to like, kind of build on what the last one did, or something like that. But some episodes could really just stand alone. It's just he's like like doing side quests, kind of. <laughs> it wasn't until later on in the series, I think, that it was kind of more like it tied in. It brought it went back to like the main quest, like with Moff Gideon and all these things. Because like yeah, the the dragon, that sea planet he went to. I forgot the name of that. Um, yeah, those, those are all like kind of like very good episodes. You can watch them like by themselves. You don't really need to know too much about what happened in the previous episode. I would watch them with people who like have no idea what the Mandalorian is or what it's about, but they would, they would love each episode, not knowing the context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the I think the influences, I think more of like Western influence and uh, Kurosawa films came out in this season as well. Like mm-hmm. that that first episode, I got like major. Clint Eastwood vibes, but also uh, like Seven Samurai vibes. You know, where like they have yeah, to, yeah. they have to like help Definitely the village similar. fight the the monster type of thing. You know, yeah, spaghetti western even, stuff. Even the the um, the theme song, it's, it's pretty much like a, like a western but sci-fi. I like that that whistle that like yeah, that type of thing. That's right. Yeah, that that's in in the Mando theme, and so there's a lot of that which I enjoy. And just like you said, a lot of Kurosawa stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of just kind of like. 
just yeah, spaghetti westerns like oh, I just go where yeah. Vietnam takes me, like right into the sunset at the end of the thing. Well, I, yeah, yeah I, a lot of that. I think that's how he drove in. He drove into the town like that too, like riding. He came in on his uh his speeder, whatever, and then like looking around town, like where's the bar? You know, where where am I gonna <laughs> get my today? Where am I gonna get my yeah. where am I gonna get my blue milk today? <laughs> Dude, so so I think I think one thing that was very interesting is how they 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 take like tiny tiny moments or tiny snapshots of background moments in the previous movies and they really flesh out origin or story on it. Like one one of the best examples was uh I mean John you already mentioned it was the crate dragon. Like I, I don't know how often you guys watched the original movies. But like in Star Wars, A New Hope, when C-3PO and R2-D2 escape from uh, the, the Star Destroyer and they hit the escape pod, they land on Tatooine. C-3PO is walking through the desert. And in the background, you see a, like, a, like a long neck skeleton of some type of serpent thing. That is the crate dragon. Like in, wow. in the original, it's the same one. Yeah, it, it's it's not the same one, but it's it is a crate drag. So, okay. so yeah, because the Mandalorian takes place what like after Return of the Jedi, but before Episode Seven. That's right, that's right. Yes, mm. yeah, I, and I I did the math. I, I think it was like I think it's like five or seven years after the events of Return of the Jedi. Um, right. Yeah. So so like I think. I think that when they really flesh out that bit of story from a previous movie, like just like a really obscure type thing, I think that that creates more lore, but I think more value. Like it's not just, yeah, like, world- it doesn't seem like an afterthought. It's like, oh, this was in there the whole time and they fleshed it out. Type of yeah, world yeah. world building. I mean, just like the callbacks in general, I think some of the references I saw, um, and then I, I watched some videos to get some context. Uh, I saw there were some droid rights changes. I don't know if you saw, like, at one point in one of the movies, they said droids weren't allowed to come into this bar. But, as, you know... <laughs> at, but, droid rights! Next, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, but, like, in yeah. one bar, now the, the, the bartender is a droid, so, like, obviously, he's... You know, there's there's the progression <laughs> being made here. And I think some intentional stuff, yeah. you know? Like, I, I think that's pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, I like the thing how... Kind of what Juan said, how... They'll introduce some things. They don't really like if they hint to it. They don't really have to explain it or, or just they just kind of like introduce it for those who know. They they just know. Mm-hmm. Um, like one thing too. Like I was wondering why why is Boba Fett just like bald as fuck the whole time? Like, he's just, like <laughs> no eyebrows. He's like no no hair. And so, but then I I I thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, the Sarlacc because the Sarlacc when he was in there like the, the like the stomach acid like dissolved his face like his hair and all that stuff. That's what I read at least. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, no. but I was like, oh. It definitely, <laughs> yeah. and like that kind of thing too is like those bits and pieces that you saw Return of the Jedi and you saw this guy get like the worst off-screen death ever. And like for decades, his story was just like, yeah, he died. His he, he his jetpack flew into the side of the, the, the sand skiff and he falls into this pit. And like, you never see him again. But when he makes his reappearance, it's like, oh my god! Like, there's so much untold story there. I thought that was so awesome the way they did that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, like like the scars and the and the bald and like all that, like the flesh wounds and stuff. It's like, what happened? And so it's it. Mm-hmm. Really, I think they really did a good job with that. I thought that was really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I, I think I heard that they also created new alien races, you know, like the background characters, like aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they made like new races just to like, and they didn't redo, they didn't reuse many of them, at least. Like, at least that's what I've heard and saw. So speaking um, of reuse, though, like the 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 ice spiders were originally uh, Dagobah, uh, like swamp monsters. So like like in in Rampire Strikes Back, when Luke goes to the Dagobah system to find Yoda, they had originally proposed the idea of like this giant like swamp spider monster there, like that 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 was originally going to be the ice monster. But then they, they were like, no, it's too much. Like, it's not going to fit. So they, they pulled the idea. And then, like, decades later, they plop it into this ice planet on, in the Mandalorian show. It's like they, they're definitely taking old concepts, like old scrapped ideas, and they're putting them into this show. So it's like, it, it, like at that time, it wasn't the time. But now, now it's like these ideas can come forward. I think that's really clever use of, uh, I mean, your resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now I'm kind of wondering where is the show going to go next? Like, after the the season two finale, I was like, wait, is that it? It <laughs> or is that? But apparently, it's not. I'm wondering where they're going to go now because naturally, in my mind, I was thinking, well, it's going to be like some time jump when like Grogu knows more of the Force, but then like Grogu ages super slowly, so <laughs> you know, it's going to be like what well, Mandalorian Mando will be like 50 years old and Grogu will be like 10. You know, it's like, I, I don't know where they're going to go from here exactly because it, I'm sure they have some good stuff planned, but I'm just wondering, wondering how without it being too kind of like, I, I they'll get stuck in their ways a bit where it's just going to be like always a baby, always just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, just going from here to there. So I, I'm, I'm just wondering what's next. Like, what are you guys yeah, Aren't they doing, from what I kind of heard, I might have, maybe I didn't really hear it. I don't know. But I heard that they were creating different series, kind of like what the MCU is doing, um, where stories will continue, but in different characters, like point of perspectives or like central role characters will change. Um, and maybe man, maybe we won't see Mando for a while. Maybe we'll just see something where he alone. Maybe he picks up a different child, uh, <laughs> and continue. You know, he <laughs> he, 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 uh, he starts another story with the frog lady babies. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's, Mando's just like, well, another one. All right, let's, let's do it again. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, that show Narcos. I don't know if you guys watched it, but each season was like a different person, like a different like main character. So yeah, it could be something like that. But I think it'd be kind of misleading to the title, as if I change it to like the Twi'lek and the droid. Yeah, the Sarlacc. It's it's a story. It's the story of what happened to Boba Fett from the Sarlacc's point of view. Yeah, the stormtrooper <laughs> would be kind of cool. I would I would appreciate that. Like I want to see their training. Their training regimen. It's it's Bill Burr. It's Bill yeah. Burr the whole time. <laughs> yeah, those dark troopers, man. No, that was cool. I like the, hey, speaking of the soundtrack that we talked about, like I, I like I really like what they do with like sound and music in that mm-hmm. show because like that, like that song, they little like sound they did with the dark troopers showing up. That was they really like, hit the point. I really like. Mm-hmm. I, I I like when they punch the wall. Like that was like a bass drop in every like every fourth beat or something. So it's like it went along with the percussion and that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I thought that was pretty neat. I was nerding out pretty hard yeah. at that that last bit when like you see the X wing and then like 
everything works together. Someone actually synced up the uh, the Luke Skywalker lightsaber footage with the Darth Vader lightsaber footage from Rogue One, and like it's virtually identical. Like, wow, they, really? They have, like they have like the same like timing in lightsaber slashes and the same timing in force use, except instead of force choke, I'm sorry, instead of like a force hold into the ceiling that Darth Vader does, Luke Skywalker does his, uh, his droid smash with his hand. So like the, it's actually pretty sweet. So it's like kind of like a father and son type of thing, but that was pretty gnarly. Um, Well, I thought you were going to say he did instead of a force choke, he did a force hug. Force flex. I like that. Uh, it's, uh... <laughs> As God is my witness, this man is broken in half. <laughs> um, what What do you think? I don't know what you guys thought. Your guys' thoughts on uh, Razor Crest or his ship, his ship name or whatever. You know, I, I like his ship a lot. I, what's I feel like what, or what's left of it. <laughs> yeah. At this point, um, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on the ships in the in the show? I mean, we don't see a ton in this season. I, are there? I can't I can't remember. No, there's quite a few. Like you still have X wings, and um, uh, I mean, I mean, one. yeah, I was gonna say the Slave One. I think is the the ship of all ships. If you're talking about that right now, um, mm-hmm. to see that make a reappearance, I think the last time you legitimately saw that was maybe the han solo movie but like i i don't even remember if it made an appearance in there but if, if we're really being legit about it like episode two attack of the clones is probably the last time you really saw that um mm. in a movie you know or like in a, in a show like but then you get into like clone wars and like i haven't followed star wars rebels or any of that but that there was definitely a lot of nostalgia with that ship in particular the slave one uh i was a little bummed to see the razor crest you know because uh, explode because that was like you know, that's kind of like the the character's horse, so to speak. You know, that's like the the Knight Rider. That's like that's like the kit to the show, um, mm. or, or like the Millennium Falcon to the Han. So it's like, what's it going to do now? Type of thing. I, I think, I think they'll bring it back. I think someone will rebuild it for him, um, or he'll rebuild it piece by piece. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be like an upgraded. I think, I think just like how he had the non Beskar armor in yeah. the beginning, then he got the Beskar later. He's probably like he had like. Because the, the Razor Crest was like pretty like crappy. It was like it was it was his home and like his steed, but it was like pretty crappy. He was like falling apart and all that stuff. And then so I think like now like it hints into all of that to so its eventual destruction. Just so he can come back as like either gonna like rebuild it and have it be better or give him like a new cooler ship. But I think Razor Crest is so iconic now. So they're just gonna probably like, rebuild like give it like a you know, dinner bring an exhibit, he's gonna be like, Yeah, yeah, I already got blown up. I'm off getting that stuff. So all we did was we tricked out your ride and I did all this stuff. So yeah, yeah. I think I think he's gonna have something cooler. Yeah, future. I feel like um, um, Bo-Katan is gonna build his ship. Like, I'll trade his ship for the Dark Vader. Yeah, I know what Bo-Katan's deal was too, because like, like her introduction was pretty much her saying like, yeah, I don't really follow that like that strict Mando creed of like wearing my mask all the time. But at the same time, I don't want to take the dark saber. So it's like, which one is it? Are you like traditionalist? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's a little bit there's a little bit of stuff there. So like essentially, it's not her that is in the wrong. Oh, I, I shouldn't say wrong, but it's it's not the traditionalism from her end. It's the extremism of Mando's end. So if if we're looking at Mandalore 
as a like a, as a planet, uh, the planet has a general code of honor. Mandalorian falls under this extremist cult of the what is it the the night the night watch or the night children I forget what it is, um, but he's part of this extremism where you like you don't you never take your armor off like and that's and that's the way it is like you you said so this series kind of really shed some light on where he comes from may not really be the true mandalorian creed it's this extreme religion that he was raised under as a child and that's the only thing he ever knew so technically bo-katan is part of the like the, the new age of what it of what mandalore really is like there's more to it than just taking your armor on or off it's the codes that you're willing to uphold and the honor you're willing to preserve because he, he kind of breaks his code throughout the show. I think that was a very interesting uh, choice is like uh, the, the, when he, like when he finds that out that he's part of this cult, that's when he starts to bend his code more. He starts to take his helmet off more. He starts to put himself in compromising positions. He, he takes his armor off entirely for one episode and he starts to really compromise his values but like for the sake of what means more to him than what means more to this preservation of this underground society that is kind of going extinct. And so his interaction with Bo-Katan opens his eyes to what's really out there and what it really means to be Mandalorian. And so mm. I, I think more of the next season will be, I, I hope would be more adventures with Bo-Katan so he could see what his planet is really like and the civil unrest that's over there. Um, so then, did, does Mandalore exist or is it not? Like, it, is it just like, people say, it's, it's dist- is, it, is the planet like, do they all around that planet? Or is it just like, <laughs> is it just like you know, what people uh, are like? Is, so is there a Mandalore or is there no longer? There, a there is a Mandalore. It is, uh, it is civil war. That's all it is. So essentially there was a, like a, like a shortcut version is like the Mandalorians existed way, way back in the days of the old Republic. And then they encountered the Jedi and then the Jedi and the Mandalores went to war. So there was a Jedi Mandalorian war. And that's the reason Beskar was created because it was an alloy that could withstand the, 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 for, the force of a lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. And so they go to war and I, I, I can't remember what happens. I think they lose or Mandalorian, like, I don't know. Mandalorian keeps Mandalore keeps going and then they slowly rise to power and then they tear themselves apart from the inside because they break into two different factions. And so there's like old, there's like old Mandalore and new Mandalore. They go to civil war. And so they're constantly are whooping each other's ass. That's why it's like Moff Gideon was saying like, she, she needs to go back and preserve, like to go fight for the honor to give Mandalore a, uh, a true, uh, heir to the throne because there's no one there but she can't do it and without the the honor of the dark saber and what she didn't uh, earn so so how can she rule if she never earned the dark saber and then so man so so, so then man was like just take it and she's like i can't because no one will take me seriously and so like her cause is kind of gone unless she defeats manda so yeah but who would honestly i like, tell in that situation like i mean I, I, even with Mando's creed, he obviously didn't care regardless if he stuck the dark saber or not. And by that point, he was kind of just like, I "Well, it, but, it, but it shows you, know? you how how outside of the true Mandalorian creed 
he really is. Like he didn't know about the dark saber. He didn't know that existed at all. But like every man, every Mandalorian knows that's a thing except for him. So he was like, I'm thinking of Mandalorian as like a extremely sheltered individual, like someone who was, was born, was founded by this extremist cult and was kind of like, without, without putting, without getting like too weird here. It's like almost like Scientology. Like he's, he's fed this whole bits of information that may or may not be true and may not be very extreme. And then he meets people from the outside that are like, dude, like you're living under a rock. This is the way it is. And so like, that, yeah. So it's like when he finds a dark saber, that's why he's like, well, I beat him. Like, here you go. And she's like, well, that's not how it works. Like, you know, like you can't just do that. That's if you're one of us, you can't just do that. Well, that, that, that makes sense though. I mean, given the phrase, I don't want to go too much into the phrasing itself, but you know, I, I think if you're going to create this, uh, this, you know, this extremist world where, you know, you do this and do that, you have these values. I think the perfect way to put a cap on that is saying like, well, this is the way, like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way like, yeah, you know this. And like, that's just not, not, to, not that he's brain brainwashed, but you know, <laughs> but if you're going to, create a cult i think you need a solid phrase that that justifies all action well and, and and at one point i mean i don't know if you remember but at one point when it's when they're doing the uh when they hijack the star destroyer or like whatever the, the freight the freight uh ship when he first meets when he first meets bo-katan that episode when she changes the terms of their agreement like she mockingly tells him like this is the way like as a joke to be like this is what you follow and this is how things are this is the way like if you're if you're as true to yourself as you think you are you're gonna do this which kind of forces mm-hmm. his hand like she like his, mando's way of a contract is to honor the like is to honor the bargain like hers like slash mandalore's true code is like the end like the ends justify the means and you will get there regardless that's what that's what it was to her and so her being like, if, if you're, if you, if you are what you say you are, then you're going to do this. And that's what was yeah, like saying, I say, yeah, this is the way. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so yeah, and I think it's, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brandon. man. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean like that's what, that's what the overall theme of the episode the episode, of the, of the season is though, is like, he's the first couple episodes were still like, old mando like very cold you know like uh, like i see him more as a uh, like cold uh like ice cold killer is kind of like the guy i still saw him as in the first couple episodes like he he helps people where he needs to but he'll like he'll murk you like everyone kind of expect expected Cobb vant to kind of keep that armor at the end of the episode because he earned it and he's like no i helped you give me the armor and like i'm leaving <laughs> you know like like that's kind of it. Like people wanted Cobb Vance to have that armor though. But he's like, Nope, I helped you with the bargain. You would, you withhold your end. I withhold mine. And, and like, this I'm is on the way. Life. And like, that's it. But yeah, this like, is the way. <laughs> exactly. And as it goes on, like you see him slowly shed parts of like, for lack of a better word, shed parts of his armor. To, and you really see what kind of a character he is underneath. So by the end, like he takes his helmet off entirely. Like that's a huge chain you never would have seen that in episode in the first season first season it happened because he was dying but in this one he takes it off because he he realizes that this child means something to him uh and like he's he's truly i think i see it more as like having his eyes open quote unquote uh 
to what's really out in the galaxy, like the, the Jedi way and like all this stuff. Like there's more in the galaxy than what just like a smuggler, like mercenary does. Mm, nice. Uh, that was pretty sweet, man. You should write a paper on that. I did. It's called The Mandalorian. <laughs> in fact, I wrote the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how how is he? I mean, and I, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I'm not super knowledgeable. But so Boba Fett being, he's a different kind of Mandalorian as well, correct? Yeah. It was argued that, uh, for a while it was argued that he wasn't a Mandalorian at all. Like this, this show confirmed the fact that Jango Fett and Boba Fett were Mandalorians. Before it was, it was rumored that they just wore the armor to just seem more fearsome. But then now it's confirmed that I think like, he said like Jango Fett fought in like the wars, right? And so that like confirmed because Mandalorian is like more like a creed than an actual mm-hmm. like a race or anything. Like you know, if you adopt the creed, then you're a Mandalorian. Right. I guess Jango Fett fought in the wars, therefore became he adopted the creed, therefore became a Mandalorian, and then Boba Fett also I guess followed in his yeah. So so like it that kind of circles back to what I was saying, like the it. The, the show did a really good job of making us, the audience, think in Mandalorian's shoes because Mandalorian, I'm sorry, uh, Mando thought that his ways were the true, like, God damn it, were the true way. You know, like those were the, <laughs> those were the Mandalorian ways. And so by that uh, view, the audience thought, Okay, Boba Fett and Jango Fett are not true Mandalorian. They they removed their armor, so they're mercenaries that killed Mandalorians and took their armor for, you know, for for like to to be feared, as Brandon was saying. But the show in season two literally puts you in Mandalorian shoes and tells you you're part of this extremist religion, man. Like you really don't know what's out there. Like this is the way Mandalorian op- or Mandalore operates. This is. And by that happenstance, Jango Fett was truly a Mandalorian. He fought in the Clone Wars. He dies. Thanks, Samuel L. Jackson. And then Boba Fett takes his armor. Like, Boba Fett inherits Jango's armor by, by default, but he was also, like, Jango's son, like, uh, by DNA as a clone, but not with the enhanced uh, aging parameters. So... You know, he's his son and he shows him that little hover, that little hologram. You know, he's like, these are my dad's codes. This is my chain code. And this proves that this is truly my armor. I am truly Mandalorian. And so that was another thing that kind of shatters Mandalorian's uh, viewpoint is like, oh, my God, like this guy is taking his helmet off. He's still Mandalorian by the Mandalorian standard. Yeah, that, mu- that must be earth shattering yeah. to be like. I've met like five people that take off their helmets in the past, like two days. Right. And it's, and it's something, so, <laughs> and it's something so simple. Like, it's not even like, you know, it's not even, I don't know, to me, to, to like, you know, like it's like putting a shirt on or tying your shoes or putting sunglasses on. It's like something, something that simple of a gesture is pretty much shattering Mando's life, you know? So that, I think that's, that's why it becomes such a character building season for him um you know and and it shows you like there (laughs) i mean there are bigger things happening than just uh mandalore being like oh you took your helmet on there's civil unrest there there's constant war 
there's people dying there because they don't have a true ruler. And that's Bo-Katan's mission is to be like, I need this dark saber. There's bigger things to worry about than me taking my helmet on or off. Are you in or are you out? Like that's kind of where she comes from. Right. I think it's interesting. I think the theme is just kind of like bending the rules for the sake of the overall greater good to a degree, because uh, even you saw that a little bit with the Jedi, mm-hmm. too, not as much, but you know, Ahsoka Tano didn't want to train Grogu. And she was actually pretty mm-hmm. actually firm on that. Later on, she's like, well, maybe there's this other way you can do it through Luke. And then, uh, no, but you just the whole concept of like training Jedi when they're too, like too old, it's like it's been like a recurring theme. But then Luke came and did it, even though he knew he pretty much the same philosophy as the rest of the Jedi, as Ahsoka Tano saying, like, you know, you can get corrupted if you're, you know, beyond a certain point, if you have too much attachment to somebody. But then he still did it, knowing there was the risk involved. He, he still did it. So you kind of see it on multiple layers, too. That Well, and, and it's almost like Jedi and the Mandalorian ways go hand in hand, because it's like, if you if you know too much, like, you you understand the consequences of actions. And so because of that, they can't train you because you, like, you're willing to put your values before the Jedi code. Like that, I think that's why they take Padawan so, so young because they don't know what the world or what the galaxy holds. Like they don't know love. They don't know emotion because they have to separate them from that. So it's almost like this, this, uh, the children, children of the night or this night watch cult that Mando was in is pretty similar to the Jedi way because, you know, there, there are Jedi that can learn more, that can bend the rules. And that's arguably where people think Qui-Gon Jinn was. Qui-Gon Jinn was kind of viewed as like this extremist guy because he was willing to bend the rules and go outside the Jedi code. He took on Anakin as a Padawan that was too old. And, and then he died. Like he, he died because he fought for this cause that he believed in. And then it kind of condemned Obi-Wan to take this Padawan, which we all know what happens. Like there's no reason to tell the story, but, but Mando's along the same way. Like Mando is like this, this, this guy, like he was a baby when he was a child, when he became this Mandalorian. And then again, like it kind of goes on with Grogu now, like Grogu's too old, you know, he's 50. So it's, it's kind of, it makes sense, like the extremism of the Jedi way and the extremism of Mandalorians. And then, uh, you know, why Ahsoka Tano didn't want to take him on. But then like Luke falls into that too old. It's like, who else to train him, <laughs> you know, than, than to the guy who have walked the, own, the, the rightful path of being too old to have trained. So definitely, definitely a, a reoccurring theme for sure. Like I didn't really draw that line together until just now with the Mandalorians and the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, they overlap a lot. I mean, like even there's been arguments, like both in the actual show, arguments that come from the Sith and other people, other critics of the Jedi. Then not just people, other fans of like the whole franchise. That the Jedi really aren't a good force. They really just more of like a a watchdog force for just the status quo. Like they just they have this creed that says, "All right, we have to maintain. Like this is what the status quo is, and this is what you know we're just gonna do like to maintain that." Because you see, people have argued. Think, um, I forgot where it was even from, but Count Dooku mm. actually makes a speech about it, and he says, you know, like there's there's slavery in Tatooine. What the Jedi ever done to stop that? No, it's been happening. It's gonna keep happening. You see these raiders, these like things that happen, these horrible things that happen, and that's kind of why the Sith have this whole platform of order because there's so much chaos that gets like you know looked over by the Jedi and the Republic. 
And so, I mean, you have like, of course, you know, the good versus evil aesthetic, like Sith were black, they have like the red lightsaber and everything, and like what kind of sinister. But their point is pretty much that there's chaos and there needs to be order in, like, in order for like, things to work, you know, because otherwise you're just going to keep suffering, whether in, this, in the hands of like you know, one oppressor or another. And so it, it, it kind of like falls back in line with the Mandalorian in that sense because, well, I don't really know the whole lore of, of Mandalore, but you see, you see that duality too. You see, like you know, one one group super stretched, you know, and like yeah, at first you kind of think like that's those are the good guys, right? Because that's what Mando is. But then all of a sudden, these other people show up and say, actually, it's not. That's not how it works at all. Because there's these other like, these other rules and these other layers to it that make the whole thing right. a lot more complicated. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Who do you think yeah. gave the droids rights then? <laughs> I think I secretly R two D two became pimp king somewhere, and he's like uh, he's the one that's laying down the law somewhere in the galaxy. Right. Where's IG eighty eight in this whole thing? Like, you see, like, I guess that one in the in the first season was not IG eighty eight. It was it was IG eleven one, right? So so the the IG droid is yeah. just like a it's just a generic like droid template. Uh, 88 specifically was, you know, obviously from Empire Strikes Back, and he was like a uh, a bounty hunter. And this is just an IG 11. Uh, what what did they say? They were like, uh, they were like uh, contract droids. Like uh, he he mentions it like in the first episode, I think, when he meets IG 11. Was there was there anything special about IG 88, or he he just happens to be the one that's that was something Han Solo and Rash? Uh, yeah, I think I think he was just a. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, he was. He, I think he was just a droid that just happened to be a bounty hunter. I think that's what it was. Okay, he just happened to be the one. That yeah, was yeah, Dash Rendar, man. Yeah, you're you're jumping into some major lore there, dude. Am I am I feeling some uh, shadows of the Empire? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I was gonna say too. Like, I like how they're bringing Star Wars back. Like, one thing that was very interesting about Star Wars that the original games and things had nothing to do with Jedi, which is like, and Jedi were the coolest thing about Star mm-hmm. Wars when we were kids. Like, I remember when Shadows of the Empire first came out, I was like, who is, that? who is Tash Rinda? Like, it's not Han Solo. Why, why am I, like, what am I going to do? Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> but it was, it was good regardless. So I think they're bringing it back to that. They're, they're showing you side characters, uh, which is, actually brings me to even another point. I, I was, while it was cool that Luke showed up at the end, like there was a small piece of me that was actually kind of disappointed because I don't like when everything has to always relate to like the main like story. I I I like things that can happen on the side, but just happening on on, on the side. You know, like it might have like some secondary effects mm-hmm. to the main story. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like Rogue One a little bit. I really enjoyed Rogue One because they don't really meet Leia or meet Luke or anything. They just like found the what was like the plans of how to destroy the Death Star and like mm-hmm. deliver them. Like, but this so I actually. I, I enjoy those things just because I guess on the philosophy that big things can happen. They don't always relate to. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a title of a, of an article I saw online that kind of gave me that same feeling. Like I'll admit that like when I saw it happening, like when I saw the X-Wing roll in and all this stuff happening, I immediately knew it was Luke Skywalker. Like I didn't, I didn't have to watch further. Like I, I knew, you know, there's no one other than Poe Dameron, there's really no one else of major status that drive that pilots an X-wing, and then you know you, you see the black robe, you see the glove, you see the green lightsaber, all that like undeniably Luke Skywalker. 
like I was as giddy as a child on like, I don't know, like on his birthday. I was like, this is amazing. But yes, when I was done watching it, I was like, damn it. Like it kind of proved that the series couldn't hold its own without having to interject like a Skywalker somewhere into the story. And like, I think season one did incredibly, incredibly amazing, like amazingly well without having to interject anything from the Skywalker storyline. And then this was like kind of slapped in at the end of like, oh, here's Luke. You know, he's going to take him. It's uh, like, I love it. Like, I think I, I, I find a very challenging way. I can understand why, but it would have been amazing if they would have brought in like another Jedi from that time. You know, like, I don't know who else was there besides Ahsoka Tana? Like what else was in this timeline? You, you still have General Rom Koda from... Star Wars Force Unleashed, but he probably would have been like really, really old. They have Star I don't know. Of, like, I, I don't. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this is canon. What? what? <laughs> he's yeah, put, he's like, putting he's hands on Darth Vader. Jedi. But, 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 like, <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but they could have brought, brought in like Cal Kestis, Cal Kestis from, from Jedi Fallen Order. Like they could have brought him in, you know, and made him canon. You know, or like, or like, uh, the people from rebels, you know? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm, I can understand that. There was a theory I that Mace Windu's not even dead. I you think know, because, you know, Jedi can fall from the heights and just land. He just got his hand cut off really. You know, like the, I, I love Mace Windu as much as the next guy. I will love to see the dude from Pulp Fiction, hold a lightsaber and, and wreck some people. But I, I really <laughs> hope they don't go anywhere with, with the Mace Windu. Story. It's like, just like he was in the first three movies, man. Just keep him dead and just leave him there and move on. Like, like do something else. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, he just comes in with a bunch of just f bombs and just, <laughs> just changes the rating of the entire show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be kind of weird to just bring him back all of a sudden. I don't even think Samuel L. Jackson would do it. Like in terms of the outside whole franchise, I think like just the key actor. He's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really hope, I really hope he wouldn't. But uh, I don't know, it'd be funny. But eh. mm-hmm. everyone, like, of course, of course, they would bring Mace Windu back. You know, mm-hmm. I think the the fact that they did bring back Luke. I mean, I'm not a, a avid Star Wars watcher, but with Mandalorian, I think it, I think that connection to the bigger world is. Uh, I I, w- I don't want to say it's necessary because I don't think it it had to happen. But it did, it did pique my interest and remind me that I'm watching Star Wars. You know, I didn't know a lot of the references throughout I wasn't super familiar with. Um, but now I know it is connected to everything else in some shape or form. I'm sure there are people that have no idea what, you know, Mandalorian might be their first exposure to the Star Wars universe. Now, I right. think that that connection is helpful. Yeah, again, I feel like it could have lasted a little longer without it. But, you know, it is what it is. It's here. And, and you know, and that's yeah. a that's a very good point. That's a very very good way of making that connection. Like, it, it reminds me of the. Uh, it's it's almost kind of the reason I I hate to say I kind of like fell out of comics was every person's every comic is somebody's first comic from Marvel comics. Like that that's kind of like the way they approach it. Same with DC. Same with really any comic out there, unless you're like a diehard. That's why like a lot of people fall into the independent like arcs, you know, because like a. You know, they don't have to deal with this formula building every time. But like, like the, the Marvel formula is everybody's movie is somebody's first movie. Like, that's kind of how it falls in. So I, I understand 
what you're saying, John. Like some kid out there doesn't know who Luke Skywalker. In fact, you know, my niece didn't know who it was. My sister was watching it with her daughter, and like she loves Mandalorian. She loves she loves Grogu. She loves all that. And so then when when my sister watched it, she was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I cannot believe they brought him back. And then my niece was like, "Who's that? Who, who's that?" Like like I don't know who that is. And then, like my sister had to explain like all the lore of the movies. And like now she wants to watch the original movies. So like that's 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 like the that's the bait you know right there to get people to rehash mm. the original movies but like yeah. i think in terms of execution what they should have done is kept all everything that kept the x-wing kept the hallway fight kept everything but never have had him pull his hood down i think that would have been amazing like keep his hood up the way it is like this dark ominous like wizard like like that's because that's what the jedi no one knows what the jedi are these Jedi are this like extreme sect of mystic people. Like, like you, you got to understand that like no one really calls them Jedi. They call them like these wizards. I like like how, at one point uh, they call the them wizards. Of that is, and so he never, when they say like, may the force be with you, he never just naturally says, oh, and also with you. He's just like, all right. Yeah. He's, which is like, yeah, in my mind. Yeah. Because, because no one knows what that is. Like, like you got to understand that. Like no one knows what the force is. Like, they're they're explaining it at one point, like uh, in in the beginning of season two. He's like, I need to go find this Jedi, and they're like, it's the it, like they are this this rogue group of people of mystic enchantment people that can control shit with their mind. Like that's what they do. And this Mando's like, uh, okay, well, I need to find one. And so it's like, like ah, like to preserve that that uh, mystery, like like that the mysterious nature. I think they should have just let Luke do his thing, but keep his hood up the entire time. Like show the chin. So everyone knows that Mark Hamill's little butt chin is there and that it's, it's indeed Luke Skywalker. That I think that really would have driven it home more than having him pull his hood down had everyone bitch about the special effects that were there and then have him pick up the baby and walk away. Like, I think, I think it was just a missed opportunity. Mando's super protective over the child. So I think it was like a, it was both. It was mm -hmm. like a, it was an equality thing. Like, Luke took off his hood. Mando felt more comfortable taking off his helmet. It's kind of like everybody's an open, transparent type of thing. So I think uh, I, I don't mm -hmm. think Mando would have just like given mm -hmm. him the kid if he was just, like if this hooded figure shows up. He doesn't. He still is kind of. He kind of knows this for Grogu to like take him and stuff. But at the same time, everybody else kind of like, who is this? He's gonna kill us or whatever. So I I think formula wise, like I, I couldn't see a Mando just ah. like, yeah yeah take him <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> I I agree, I I agree. I I feel like he wouldn't have given him. He would have been like, "Who, who are you? you? Got a lightsaber? I have a lightsaber. I have a dark saber. Um, I don't know what's happening. Why do you have this? Because because Mandalorian, he's he he hasn't met anyone. He hasn't met a Jedi before, right? So, well, he met yeah. a Sokotano, but oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. about that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good point. That's a very very good point that I hadn't thought of. You know, and this is why they have a writers' room, but. uh you know, like it, I'm coming at it from like a state of like captivation and emotion. But yeah, that, I think in hindsight, 100%, you're absolutely right. Are they tying it? I, I, I did hear that they were tying it to another show. Like there, like there are going to be other shows doing of a, some sort, yeah, like a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, the book of, well, the book of Boba Fett is another one that's coming out that's going to explore more of Boba Fett's story. It's just him inside of a Star Wars um, like two seasons. 
<laughs> it's gonna be like 127 hours, but both. <laughs> yeah, that should be good though. Because yeah. like, is there is there is there supposed to be a training one, like one where 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 Luke is training anyone, or is that was that? I don't making that up. Like that. I like thousands of years before the now, <laughs> like before this storyline the Jedi had already existed. And like, there was an, there was a, there was a Republic order, like, and that's what they were part of. So like, they were a much smaller faction, but they were much more well-known. Like they were like the, the galaxy recognized that the Jedi existed and what they were for. Like they were more of like a peacekeeping, but also like this uh, warrior force. So they were definitely fighting in wars back then. Like they were more of like, you know, the the like uh what was it the in fact it was the jedi sith war like that's what it was and then the sith lost and then they implemented the rule of two because they caved in on their own but like that's what that's what those those days were like darth revan who else uh darth nihilus was another one i think and then you have like all those really super old storylines like that's what the high republic i think is going to go into and it'll be really cool because like every kid knows what the knights of the old republic games were like like that was that was definitely a It was a, a, a an adventure game into like the unknown stuff of Star Wars. I think that yeah. was very very cool. Yeah, definitely agree. And I just like I think the like the mastery of the Force and just stuff just seemed different. Like for the Force for Sith users and I guess mean, Sith and, and Jedi back I, for the I guess the more contemporary movies, so to speak, the ones that are happening in them now, they don't really like. It's kind of like the Force always seems like something that no one like fully has mastered, unless it's like Yoda. Or like Palpatine, but they don't really like use it full. Like, but back then, the older public, there's a lot more, I guess, power with the Force. You see a lot more. Like, you see displayed a lot more in the games and everything like that too. Yeah, like that. That game definitely introduced like Force mastery type of thing, like in different different levels of Force mastery. Because it's like every every game up to that point, you could already throw your lightsaber, you could do all this stuff. But like this game was the first game. I well, I think that you like really started out as like a, a smuggler or just this random nobody with amnesia. And then you were introduced to the force and you had to figure it out. Like, like it was the Skyrim before Skyrim, but for yeah. Star Wars. The only problem was the turn-based <laughs> fighting. That was the only part that sucked. <laughs> oh, that was, that was horrible. Yeah, you had to like, you had to like command, like what, like dodge, attack, you know, like, like that kind of crap was the worst. <laughs> uh, did you guys see any, any, uh, any, well, what did you guys think of the, the part where um shoot i don't know the guy's name where Man- mando and that one prisoner guy that they busted out to oh, go uh, that Bill character Bill Burr's character uh, yeah i forget what his name is uh it's gonna bother me now yeah <laughs> yeah but that whole trip to the base uh and then they were like uh, ambushed by uh by them dudes, and then, and they were like carrying what like explosives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the talk was interesting. So he, he's the first person to really like talk to Mandalorian about like about his creed and pretty much say like you know you're you're kind of like just getting it all twisted. Yeah, to you. he's kind of like put gave Mando a huge reality check, and it was interesting that it came from somebody that Mando didn't really respect at all. Um, so I think all of that put it. I think all of that was kind of like a very crucial turning point for Mando's character. Yeah. It was Mayfeld. It was Mayfeld. Mayfeld. That's what it was. My my wife just 
looked it up on the yeah, side here. Right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, like that, that was a very important episode. Uh, it, was, it wasn't my favorite episode, but it was an important one. It was like he he needed that talk, even though he didn't really want it. Like he's kind of like, just kind of like staring forward the whole time, not really listening to Mayfield. Kind of just like you know, like whatever. But I think if anybody got through to Mando like the most. I, I mean, obviously Grogu, you know, touched his soul and all, whatever. But, but, uh, but that talk, like, definitely seeped in a lot more than, than what was previously thought of when you first saw that that scene happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent. Like, I think you really hit hit it there, dead on, Brandon. I, I think what sinked in the nail. Uh, I don't want to say coffee because it makes it sound like someone died, but like. Like what, what really drove the point home was Mayfeld, Mayfeld's actions later in the episode. Like he, he was, he was, he didn't want to be there. Like he didn't want to do this in the first place, but like he went and saved Mando, you know, and he saw his face and he told him like, when they were done, they were like, I never saw your face. This never happened. And so it's like, that's where Mando really starts to see like, Oh, okay. This guy isn't all just BS. And then, like, he clearly sees that Mayfeld is, like, distraught from what Operation Cinder, I yeah. think, that the, that, the yeah. Imperial, that the Imperials carried out. And then, like, like he, kills, he kills that commanding officer. And then they, they do the whole uh, escape. And then, like, he starts to see Mayfeld, like, okay, this guy is a little more than what he, you know, presents himself as. And then the final thing was, like, he blew up that whole base. Like, no one told him to. Like Mayfeld did it, and he's like, for the for, for like for the greater good, so all of us can sleep at night. I it, I disintegrated this whole base because no one needs these guys around, and so it's just like it it shows that like yeah, like on the surface he's a little bit of rough, he's a rough around the edges, but this guy, like his cause is the same as Mando's. Like yeah, he has a he has a code too, you know exactly. He has- He's definitely not. Yeah, people aren't as simple as I guess as as, as, as the Mandalorian. It's, it's not as black and now. white. It's not as yeah. black and white as Mando thinks it is. And so, I, I think yeah, I think that episode was a huge turning point in Mando's like uh, character growth. That's where he really starts to bend the rules more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wonder will it ever come to a point where like will will Rogu like in this show always just be like a baby? Will they make it? I don't know. Like, it's got, it would be hard to with his own body. He's like fifty, but he's like the body of like a baby. But I don't know. Like, will will he make a recurring thing? Like, because there's only so much you can do with a character like that, besides like some sentimental value. So I wonder if he like. Do you guys think he'll like make a recurring like presence throughout the show, or do you think he'll just stay with Luke and then he'll just just be the man? I like, just just Mando by himself. I feel like he'll have to come back because they're gonna have to sell those, those <laughs> child, uh, right, you know, right. build a bear stuff. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I, part of me feels like he won't grow up for a while. Yeah, like he won't. He won't speak, or maybe he will speak. Maybe he'll be like a teenager and have like you know, just different hats and clothes right, on. Yeah, like when you compare it to Lone Wolf and he'll, he'll have a, <laughs> yeah. a cell phone. Compare it to Lone Wolf and Cub, right? Cause that whole thing was, which is like the most comparable show to the Mandalorian. You know, that was a dad and his boy. He's pretty much saying, I'm going to protect you until you're old enough to protect yourself. But I don't think it's thrown down the drain with the Mandalorian because <laughs> he ages super slowly. And I, it's not really like possible for a Mando to do that. And so I think 
with mm. with something like like this show, I'm just wondering, oh. can they still make new stuff with with a limited character like that? I mean, I, I, I'm sure he'll come back. Cause like honestly, like you said, like they, like that's one of the selling points of the show. It drew a lot of people in with like the baby Yoda or whatever. But I think it's it's almost kind of limiting to his character where Grogu doesn't really develop much. Yeah. Like I obviously he's not gonna get taller, right? He's not gonna get like <laughs> what if like I mean it would be creepy. If, like, but sorry, what if, what if he showed up in the season three looking like Hanson Squidward? Like he's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh handsome squidward yeah yeah but you know but i i feel like he definitely does have to get more youth i just can't i don't know what that would look like um what 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 does yoda development look like in general like what what are what are his like big social like situations and like you know do we see a lot of that like banter with him yeah he's kind of it's a little inconsistent with like with Yoda. Like, they don't really focus on him too much. In fact, I remember I was still blown away from episode two when he did all those flips against Count Dooku. I was like, where did this come from? Because before that, it was, you were just like, you see him in the swamp. Just kind of like, he's actually kind of crazy. Like, in Return of the Jedi and uh, New Hope and all that stuff, he's actually like, seems like a, like a crazy old man in, in those. And so you don't really know a whole lot mm-hmm. about, you don't even know his backstory that much, honestly. Um, so, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I think also, because of that, I think they're given more freedom with Grogu because they don't have anything like firm with like regarding like the species or whatever that that limits his character development. Yeah, because maybe he was. It's one of those like they actually do get humanoid size, but they shrink <laughs> down when they're old, old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, or maybe just maybe uh, Yoda just has like a growth problem, and everybody's like normal size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know i don't know man but yeah we'll see yeah because i do i do i don't he want i want to see him do more force stuff um like when he was whooping those two guards um when moff gideon had him in the, that little prison and he had the two, two stormtroopers he was just thrown into the walls probably killing right. them right did you guys think moff gideon was gonna be a sith I I did I for a while I thought he was going to have a red lightsaber, but I mean that's what I thought in the first in the first uh, season. But then like obviously at the end he pulls out the dark saber and you're like oh shit. So you know I they 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 had him in cuffs at the end of the second season. It's like we never saw him get put away. We didn't really see much else after that. So I think we're going to be dealing with a lot of the aftermath of this specific day. Uh, in the coming season um now whether or not it's going to be like mandalorian season three or like what exactly they're going to do like i don't know but i i have a feeling that like you know mando's gonna find like where luke is training grogu and he'll probably go visit him for an episode and like that's it you know but uh because like uh, this is this is one as- one aspect of luke skywalker that i've always wanted to see was when he trains he, when he when he makes his new Jedi temple, like he in I mean even in the old games, Brandon, like it was like what was it Jedi Outcast? Like Jedi Outcast, he has a Jedi temple on Yavin, yeah. and, he, and he creates like he founds the new Jedi Order at that time, and he and he's like the he's like the man. But it's like that's one thing we've never really seen in the movies, 
uh, or ever really in the shows either. I think it's really only been written where he's like the founding Jedi for the they new Jedi Order. Episode, what, like and like, because like with like Ben Solo went there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's like he was like, and it was like a tragic ending okay. to everything. Like he lost everything. Like he he dies, and like it was just at least for Luke, it was an incredible tragedy that you know we spent the last 45 30 45 years building on and that's how his character ends so i mean i i I would like to think that that's not really how it happened you know but unfortunately we're probably going to see a lot of like un like undoing and uh what's the word uh uh we we have to replace something you uh make something non-canon uh retcon that's the one well we're probably going to see a bunch of like unnecessary retconning of what those three movies were so I don't know. I mean, it, but I, I like to. I liked that Mandalorian finally took that step of like, yeah, he's a, he's a Jedi Knight, perhaps maybe even a Jedi Master, because clearly we we'd also never seen him wield the Force like that ever in any of the movies. Like in Episode Three, I'm sorry, in Return of the Jedi, like he's still like figuring stuff out. Like you know, he he's still kind of like brash and he uh, flaunts that he has this force power like i remember he goes to java's palace and he's like you're i have power that you've never seen before and then he fights the rancor and he gets out and he you know ever i think princess leia kills java and all that stuff but like this is the first time you've ever seen luke wield a lightsaber for that long and like decisively beat an entire army of dark troopers on his own i, well, I was gonna ask you guys um uh so is there any speculation of who is the like current sith that is lipping during the mandalorian uh it would be palpatine and like what about like uh any other like is, what 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 forces are amassing at this point theoretically uh the it would be the first order that you would that you see in like force awakens uh with like ray and uh finn and poe dameron like that it, that the imperials right now are recouping after they've been obliterated yeah in the second death star, they lost the battle of Endor and they got, they got their asses whooped, you know? So it's like, they're solely recouping to come back as the first order. And that's where episode seven, the force awakens will take over. So like, uh, what did they say? Like to, to the empire is what they kept saying. Like, so like the empire becomes the first order under Snoke, who is, under Palpatine, technically, like it is Palpatine. So Palpatine dies in Return of the Jedi, quote unquote, and then is still working in the background through the rest of like the three movies, apparently. So mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, what is the relationship or power dynamic of like Moth Gideon in comparison to like his higher ups and his HR department and whoever? <laughs> uh, well, I think Moth Gideon is more so like so so. Moff is a <clears throat> it's more of a title like like that's not his name like there was a there was a uh, a round table of Moffs uh in Star Wars and it, I don't know how familiar you are John with like the the original movies but like in Star Wars a New Hope when they are introducing the Death Star you know it's like this is the most powerful station in all the galaxy and then like that's when Darth Vader does his his iconic force choke on that one dude at the table and he says like I, I find your lack of faith disturbing yep. like 
those guys are all mops. Those, those dudes mm. at that table are mops. That's what they are. And so, so like Moff Tarkin, like general Tarkin, he's like the really old, creepy, decrepit looking guy next to Darth Vader in the old movies. Like, yeah. like he's a moth. Like he's, he's like a grand moth and all that stuff. So that it's more of like a rank. So Gideon, Gideon is like, he's at the top of the ranks. Like that's why he's a moth. He's moth Gideon, but he still technically reports to who would have been Darth Vader, who still technically would have reported to uh, Palpatine. So he's reporting to someone. We just don't know who that is, but everyone assumes right now that it's still Emperor Palpatine. Gotcha. Cause I was just wondering like, at what point is he allowed to have a dark saber, you know, and not, not giving it to someone that's, I don't know, higher up. Oh, I, yeah. I think he's like on his own agenda right now. Like, I think like the dark saber was like his own agenda at one point, like he probably, you know, started some shit with Mandalore and the person that had the dark saber be- before him was, uh, I thought it was uh, Bo-Katan. I thought, um, it wasn't Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. It was, uh, he, he, someone else. He kind of references, uh, like, I thought that they fought at some point. He took it from her. Oh, was it? Oh, man. I, I thought, I, I thought I, he I, just I, meant like Mandalore in general. You could be right. Like, I, cause I, I know in, in like Clone Wars, he takes it from, point? he takes it from someone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you might be right. He might, I think you're right. Like, like I've never seen the, I've never seen the series, but like, I know he takes yeah. it from someone on Mandalore. It could very well be her. Cause mm. she, she's, she's in the cartoon. Like, like the actress that plays oh. her on screen is the actress that voices her in the cartoon. I think, I think that that was pretty awesome. Like, like they made her, like, it was the animated series and she voiced her and they brought her on screen. That's sweet. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. awesome. All right. Yeah. I mean, so we could keep going on and on for Mandalorian. I, I'm looking forward to the book of Boba Fett uh, and how that's going to flesh out more of Boba's story. Um, I think it really, I think Mandalorian did like, a really good job of fleshing out that seed, you know, and, and kind of bringing him back to light that badass character who got an unreligious amount of, uh, denied screen time and gets a terrible death <laughs> and so now we get to start this new chapter with with boba fett but uh that'll be that'll be another discussion for another sandwich on another day but yeah, thanks so much i want to thank brandon really for coming on here today brandon thanks for joining us man yeah yeah thanks we're gonna have you back <laughs> we'll have you back you're gonna be our uh, official grand moff uh, and then <laughs> moff brandon yeah good. that's me, that's me. <laughs> hey man yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Brandon, thanks for coming on, man. John, as always, it's always uh, it's always fun to keep the sandwiches going with you. Absolutely. And uh, we'll catch you, audience, on another episode of Nerd Sandwich. Thank you guys for joining, and we'll see you next time.